0: Hello, humans. Hello, humans. It's me, Ellie Krug, on AM 950, Ellie 2.0 Radio. How are you on this lovely Saturday, February 13th? Um, Actually, how are you on a day of Siberian uh, temperatures? Um, It was negative seven as I drove to the station today. Um, Happy day before Valentine's Day. And do you know what else today is? It is my very, very first live, like a live, like you have a, a, you, you have me like really right now saying these words, live show in this time slot. I have not been live on Saturdays in, oh, a couple, several years. So you listeners, I am talking to you live, real time. And you know what that means? That means you can talk to me. In real time, and so um, I am. I, I love doing live shows because it means that I get to talk to listeners. And today is a free agency show. We can talk about anything that you desire. Yes, I've got a prompt here. I'm going to give to you, um, and I've got some other material to read. But I would love to hear from you at nine nine five two nine four six six two zero five. Pick up the call. Pick up the phone and give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. I'm happy to hear whatever is on your mind. But to help maybe prompt you a little bit to um, be um, energetic, maybe take a risk and call me. I mean, I'm not going to bite your hand. Don't worry about that. But, you know, people are like a little hesitant. Oh, I don't know. Just to do that, here's the today's uh, at least one of the prompts for today. And it is about the common good. Do you remember what that is, the common good? Um it is um it is that thing where we realize that at some point personal self selfishness must give way to societal selflessness. And so the question I've got for you listeners this morning, I know it's very early and I know that things are happening with the impeachment trial. I get that. But you know Things are happening at the impeachment trial glacially, so you can spend a little bit of time with me. Here's the question. Would you be willing to sacrifice something, money, time, maybe a luxury, in order to contribute to the greater good? Would you be willing to do that? Are you willing to be altruistic to help society at large? If you are, tell me why. And if you're not, come on, come on. We'll have that discussion. You can tell me about that as well. However, um just to get you started, so remember, 952 I know you can call me in your pajamas because no one's going to see you. It's not like a Zoom call, my dear. Um, and by the way, I'm on Facebook Live if you want to jump on to that. Hello, Facebook Live. You're looking at me. The hair is down. The makeup is not on. But you've got my big smile. But let me kick some things off by talking about... A hero, okay, because my show, you know, remember, I'm a unifier, not a divider. Um, You know, I mean, we have some wonderful, wonderful radio hosts here on this show who, you know, uh, are, you know, very adamant um, and soapboxy about a number of different things, and I highly respect that. But um, uh, me, I'm a unifier, I'm not a divider. I'm here to talk about how we can get past things how we can be good to each other and um, and so uh, so I've got a story I like to share stories of happiness and of good good things and good people um, and I like to share sometimes stories of heroes uh, so um, I'm gonna do that although it looks like I've got a caller um, from Minneapolis is it mark I'm not sure so it's Walt Walt! Walt, give me a, uh, Walt, are you there? Uh, hello. Hello, Walt. How are hello. you? Hello. Uh, I have a little story I'd share with you that, uh, that taught me something. Okay. Uh, years ago in San Francisco, I was watching... Uh, I went to a, a film about a live birth, and I'd never seen a live birth. And it went on for quite a while, and it was quite emotional watching uh, everything that you could see. And uh, when I got home, I I shared the event with my roommate... And at a certain point, he asked, he said, well, was it a little boy or a little girl? And it was a very rational question. And I was uh, I was startled to realize I couldn't answer that question. And what I could tell him was uh, that I was very much involved in what I saw and that the child was alive and the mother was healthy. And so I just share with you the perspectives of sometimes what's important and what isn't. I thank you for your program. Oh, Walt, well, thank you so very much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And, I mean, you saw a human being born, and that's what we want. We want humans born. We kind of get to let the humans decide what they're going to be. Thank you for that, Walt. I mean, underlying all that, listeners, is the fact that you're listening to me, Ellie Krug. Sounds like a man's voice. Uh-huh. Um, but if you're looking at me on Facebook Live, you're seeing a blonde 64 uh, year old who doesn't look all that bad. And, um, and, uh, but I'm transgender. So, Walt, thank you. That was very kind of you to, to call me. All right. I love, I, right off the bat, Patrick, we got a caller. So, 952 946 6205. I'd love to hear from you. Please give me a call. It's free agency Saturday. We can talk about anything. But I'm going to plug ahead here talking about an American hero. Um, And he's a hero that you have heard of um, greatly all since January 6th. Uh, Just uh, yesterday, the Senate recognized him for his heroism. I'm speaking of United States Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman. You will recall that uh, uh, when uh, faced by a surging mob mob of insurrectionists, he purposely led them away from Senate chambers where vice President. Vice President Pence and others were located. Um, You know that he did this on purpose because if you ever look at the videos at length, you will see that he comes to the top of stairs uh, followed by the insurrectionists. He stops at the top of the stairs um, and turns and looks at the insurrectionists as they're coming up the stairs and he looks to his left and he sees that the Senate – that the 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 doorway to an anterior room that leads to the Senate was open. It was not secured. And he understood right at that moment that if the crowd, the insurrectionists got there, they would get into the Senate and they would also um, encounter Senators, including maybe Vice President Pence. And so what you see Goodman do then is he then he then calculates, and as the first res, uh, insurrectionist gets to the top of the stairs, Goodman pushes him in the chest to anger him, to anger the insurrectionist. And then you watch Goodman, o- Officer Goodman, um, take up, up the stairs and... Um, uh, no heading head around uh, the the corner and go up another set of stairs he gets to the top of the next set of stairs to keep make sure the crowd follows him and he again pushes the lead insurrectionist in the chest ultimately officer Goodman led that group of insurrectionists to a room where there were capital other capital police officers waiting um, so this week uh, we during the week of the impeachment, we also saw something new, a video where we see Officer Goodman running through the holes uh, of the Senate, uh, where he encounters Senator Mitt Romney and an aide and warns both of them uh, to change course. So yesterday, as I said, Officer Goodman was awarded the Congressional uh, Gold Medal for his heroism. But who is this man, Eugene Goodman? Who is this American? In this month of black history, who is this black American? What follows is partially from Wikipedia, one of my favorite sources, but also in part from a February 11th New York Times piece by Zolan Kano Youngs and Eric Schmidt. Eugene Goodman, our hero, was born in 1980 and raised in Southeast uh, District of Columbia. That's all we know about him. We don't even have his exact date of birth um, or his exact a year of graduating from high school. But we do know that he is a combat veteran. He served with the 101st um, Airborne Division in Iraq uh, during 2003 to 2006. He was a sergeant. He got to the rank of sergeant and then he was a platoon leader and he led nearly 20 men. He and his platoon engaged in hundreds of patrols on the ground looking for IEDs. These were the men who got out of their vehicles and then walked through villages, down roads. These are the men, highly, highly exposed. And Eugene Goodman, he led them. Um, the New York Times article had a picture of Officer Goodman uh, with his platoon. It was about 20 people, 20 infantrymen. And uh, the thing that struck me was that uh, Officer Goodman, of course, he's black, and um, What struck me is that most of the 20 men that he was commanding were of white skin color. Just think about that. Um, And it was in Iraq um, that Officer Goodman got the nickname of Goody. He was known as a quiet professional. He never sought the limelight. And that's actually been true since the insurrection. Since January 6th, he's declined. Goody has declined to give any media interviews. He left the uh, Army in December of 26, and three years later, he joined the Capitol Police Department, U.S. Capitol Police Department. That pretty much sums up all that we know about Goody until his actions on January 6th. At the inauguration, uh, Goody was given the honor of escorting Vice President uh, Kamala Harris, um, and Goody has since been named the acting deputy sergeant at arms of the Senate. And um, yesterday, when he was in the Senate chambers, Goody was accorded a standing ovation by people in the Senate, and that's the time that um, he was awarded the uh, Congressional Gold Medal. There, of course, has been high praise for Goody, including from Senator Ben Sass, who said that Goody had, quote, single-handedly prevented untold bloodshed, unquote. And then there was one journalist, Jason Johnson, who wrote in an editorial, quote, It is not hyperbole, exaggeration, or an an opening pitch of a TV movie to say that Eugene Goodman saved American democracy on January 6, 2021. Before we leave Officer Goodman, Goody, I have one more observation. It's an irony, actually. Recall, listeners, that the U.S. Capitol was built with the labor of enslaved humans. In many ways, um, elected officials serving in the Capitol today continue to oppress black people. Um, Think of um, how um, the Senate within the last four years has refused to enact modern era uh, voting rights protections. And here we have a black man who saved the lives of many white color senators and then-Vice President Pence. And either today or tomorrow, although there's been a wrinkle, um, they've decided they're going to call witnesses uh, at the impeachment, so who knows when uh, the finality will occur. But at some point, the Senate that Goody and other brave officers protected— And saved will acquit a former racist president from charges of inciting the insurrection. What a troubled country we live in, listeners. All the more reason for us to start talking about the common good. Okay, Uh, that's what you've got for my first segment here. I hope that you have. I hope that you have enjoyed uh, what I've had to tell you about Officer Goodman. Please give me a call at 952-946-6205. I would love to hear from you. Um, I just That was great that Walt called. And Walt, thank you. And so, Walt, hopefully you are going to trigger other people to call and talk to me. We'll be back in a minute. Thanks. King of night vision, king of and then I think I've never L.E. 2.0 Radio, live version on this Saturday, um, the 13th of February. All right, listeners, I would love to hear from you. It is Free Agency Saturday. I've got a prompt out there for you about the common good. Would you be willing to sacrifice money, okay, like riches or resources, a luxury, or something else, time? Would you be willing to sacrifice for the common good, where it does you no good personally, but it may benefit society at large. Would you be willing to do that? And if you're not willing to do that, will you please let me know that as well? You know, we have, we're, we're uh, so underlying all of this is an article that I wrote for Lavender Magazine. I'm a regular columnist for Lavender. Uh, magazine, and all you have to do is Google Lavender magazine, Ellie Krug, and there will be a lot of columns that will come up. But there's a column that came out on uh, the 11th titled The Common Good. And in that column, I talk about when I was a kid, so you've already heard me give my age. I am um, 64. When I was a kid growing up in the 60s and the 70s, you know, I was taught America was the greatest country in the world. I was taught that, yep. And I was taught that there was nothing that Americans couldn't do, put their mind to it. There's nothing that Americans couldn't do. We, hey, we put a man on the moon uh, multiple times. Look at us, Americans. We were the only one in the country in the whole world that could do that. And I will tell you, in terms of my identity, my very first identity was as an American. And then from that, everything else flowed. Okay, but first and foremost, I was an American. Get us now to um, 2021. (laughs) Oh, let's just deal with 2020. Um, I fear that many of us have evolved from that American first to whether you're red or blue first or Bernie first. Um, and then maybe after that, it's uh, – maybe it's uh, skin color, or socioeconomic status or maybe education level. And then somewhere down the line, it's American. And this evolution from the way it was in the 60s and 70s – because back in the 60s and the 70s and the 50s, back before uh, Newt Gingrich and his, his – um, Uh, take-no-prisoners approach to politics, Um, it used to be that while politicians, people in Washington and in our state houses, would disagree, sometimes pretty vehemently, they didn't diminish the other party. I mean, yes, we've had it. We had our, you know, exceptions with McCarthyism and, and some other things. But for the most part, there was mutual respect across both aisles. And for the most part, there was vigorous debate, but at the time when it was over, when it was done, um, there was, you know, they were willing to go get drinks with each other, you know, red, uh, red and blue, uh, mixing with each other, having drinks, and of course that collegiality was important because it allowed for compromise, okay? Now, um, this is not the way that it is at all, and God forbid that you even agree with, you know, a red agrees with a a blue or a blue agrees with a red. God forbid that you do that. Oh, my gosh, you're going particularly with a a president, former president at this point, who was willing to take people out um, for, God forbid, um, agreeing with um, the blues. The other thing, though, growing up in the 60s and the 70s and early 80s um, was that you actually had a pretty good sense that the people that we elected, um, you had a pretty good sense that they cared about our country, and that what they were doing was, in their at least in their view, yes, you might disagree with it, but at least in their view, that it was for the good of the country. I mean, think of like Medicare getting passed. Yes, the 6465 Voting Rights Act getting passed. Think about the minimum wage legislation getting passed. Think about how various laws around health and safety, environmental laws, all of those passed for purposes of protecting the greater good. And in 2021, it's mind boggling to think that any of that kind of legislation could be passed. And that is horrible. That is, that is horrible because today when we think about our elected leaders, whether they're in Washington or at some of our state houses, the, the view is we believe that those elected leaders are only doing things to, to benefit themselves, to keep them in power. And it's just – I mean I don't know about you but we have to have this conversation about the common good. We have to change the way that we are approaching things and we have to elect people who are – who have a different view. I mean who are more – in tune, who, who absolutely are on the record saying the common good over and over and over and over again. I would love to hear from you about this. 952 946 6205. If you disagree with me, by all means, call me and disagree with me. And if you agree with me, please do that. I am not, I am looking for humans, listeners to talk to me. Um, you know, and I, I, you know, I think that it's very difficult for us in this age of social media where everything is that was me snapping my fingers. Not very well. Um, in this age of instantaneous gratification, oh, you know, I'm bored. I'm going to go look at, at this on Twitter or this on Instagram. Oh, now I'm bored. I'm going to go look at this on TikTok. Um, oh, yes. Oh, you just made me happy. Finally, I'm no, boor- no longer bored for five seconds. Uh, in this age of instant gratification, you know, why is it a surprise that people no longer think about the common good? It's a me, me, me world now, and it is destroying our democracy because democracy cannot exist in a me, me, me world. It has to have a we world. It has to be, okay, I, you know... I'm not going to head down the road. I've got mine and I don't care about yours. Okay. But that's where we're at. We're, we're, we're well on that road. I have mine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. You know, I work to get mine. You know, it, you know, it just, it, it, it sucks to be you, you know, the kind of mentality. And I am just sorry. We have to stop that mentality. We have to at least start talking about it. I mean, the way we stop it is we talk about it and we address it. Um, and then we, 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 you know, criticize that mentality. So I would love to hear from you about this at 952 946 6205 or anything else. It's free agency Saturday. So, um, please give me a call and, um, I would love to hear from you. We're going to take a break and when we come back from our break, um, I'll talk more about the common good and I got a couple of other nuggets for you. Oh, if you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. Email me at iljkrug at gmail.com. And follow me at Twitter, at, Ellie, at Ellie Krug. Thanks. She could see any near my factory. I'm back on AM 950, LE 2.0 Radio. Lovely Ellie Krug here. Oh, I'm not all that lovely, but at any rate, um, I'm thrilled to be here talking to you live on Saturday. It is one of those rare, and I mean rare, opportunities that listeners get to interact with me. I get to interact interact with listeners. I would love to hear from you at 952... 952- 9466205. give me a call. It's free agency Saturday We can talk about anything that you'd like to talk about. Um, I've been I've given you a prompt about the greater good. Would you be willing to sacrifice um, resources riches or time or a luxury um, in order for the greater good? Would you be willing to step back from the mentality of I've got mine, Um, you know, it's too bad you don't have yours and instead develop and adopt the mentality of, you know, um, uh, the deck is not stacked evenly here in America and um, I did not create that um, poor stacking but I'm going to do something about trying to change it. And, and I'm going to do something in terms of giving my resources, my time, or maybe giving up a luxury in order for others who do not have the same opportunities or advantages that I have to give them a chance so that our country progresses forward for the good of all, not just for the good of me. Yep, that's what we're talking about. And you know what? There aren't a whole lot of people that talk about this. There aren't. You know, and um, there's an organization out there that I've heard of about um, pushing for the common good. And I may have somebody from there on my show uh, sometime in the near future. Um, But I've been talking about the common good for a while. But, you know, I just have a very small platform. I mean, I have this mega station of AM 950 behind me. I know that. I understand that part. But it is a small platform for Ellie Krug. So my message does not get out uh, nearly as much as I would like it to. Now, bear in mind what I just said, my message. This is not about me. I'm like not really great on aggrandizement for me or for anyone else. Um, But my message is about compassion for others and for self. My message is about trying to have a more inclusive uh, world my message is now about the common good, as I'm sharing with you. These are important messages that I absolutely, with every fiber in my body, believe that all Americans, all humans, actually should hear about. I do. And so, all right, well, give me a call. Time is a-wasting. We don't have much time left, everyone. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five. Um But in the meantime, I want to talk about a story that uh, uh, came over the wire uh, just yesterday from uh, the uh, Star Tribune, um, a piece by Ryan Faircloth, um, advising that the University of Minnesota regents have okayed free tuition for students um, of families earning $50,000 or less. Now, this is big news, everyone um The u since uh, for a number of years the u has been working uh, to make sure that family children from families of certain income levels that that, that uh, the tuition is not a barrier for them attending college but uh, this week uh, the u the u's Board of Regents unanimously approved uh, creating a tuition free program for lower income Minnesota students. Um, uh, according to you, president, Joan Gable, um, quote, this is robust. It will guide us, unquote, saying about the school's 2025 strategic plan. And under this plan, students of families making $50,000 or less, um, will be able to attend without having to pay tuition. Uh, they estimate that the program will benefit nearly 3000 students annually um, right now, the tuition cost is about $15,000 a year for um, in-state students. Uh, that's tuition and fees. Now, this does not cover the cost of living, okay? So housing, which is still something, and some fees. But nonetheless, it at least takes the, the tuition factor away. This is the kind of bold, bold imaginative leadership that we need to help change the landscape as it relates to people who um, don't have the same opportunities or advantages as do many of us. By the way, I'm exceedingly privileged. Even though I'm transgender and transgender people are marginalized a great deal, which is something I may talk about in a second here, Um, I have great privilege. I'm very lucky, a lawyer by training, um, some money saved up, that kind of stuff. But there are a lot of people – from a lot of communities, not only uh, based on skin color, but socioeconomic, based on LGBTQ, uh, people with uh, disabilities, from the disability community who are struggling. We're talking a lot of people are struggling. And we need bold, bold, bold you know, imagination. Don't just throw money at things. Use your imagination when you are doing something. For example, I always like to cite this, Hormel, you know, the folks that make us, uh, bring us bacon and hot dogs um, down in Austin. Um, I've talked about this before. So listeners, if I'm boring you, just bear with me, please. But Hormel um, decided in August that they would give the dependents of every one of their 20,000 employees the dependents so children or other dependents give them free education for 2 years public education community college i think maybe you know 2 years at a four-year college i'm not certain about that but certainly i know about community colleges for every every dependent of a hormel employee now that That's not only putting money at something, but using your imagination about that. That alone will transform the communities everywhere that Hormel has a plant. And that alone will deconstruct structural racism in those communities. It will. So this uh, story about the U coming up with the idea, the Board of Regents saying, well, we're going to make sure that if you – Uh, Your family, uh, you come from a family that makes $50,000 or less, um, you're not going to have to pay any tuition. Okay? I think that that is just brilliant, and my hat is off to the Board of Regents. Okay? So, thank you, Board of Regents. Okay, um, let's see. I think, uh, I don't know. I need to talk more about this common good just for a second. Listeners, how did we get here? I mean, how did we get to the point where we stopped thinking of ourselves as Americans? You know, like with – and instead retreated to our own individual identities. And then – and, you know, sometimes I retreat. I'm transgender, so of course – I'm transgender, but I am an American before I'm am transgender. I'm just telling you that. That's the way I view the world now. Maybe it's because that's my generation, okay? Maybe that's because I did grow up at a time where I did self sacrifice. I mean, my goodness, I saved enough money back in the day when you could do that. You cannot do that in 2021. But I, you know, I had a 40 hour work, 40 hour a week job when I was a senior in high school. And almost all of that. Money went into savings so that I could pay for college, and I was successful at being able to pay for almost two years of college just on my own without taking any loans out just on my own. Of course, again, you cannot do that in two thousand twenty one but it 's the mindset that i 'm talking about we we 're willing to forego we 're willing to put off certain things you know now that was for you know my greater good of course uh, that i self sacrificed but it's still the idea that we're willing not to take certain things, not not take certain things so that others can benefit from it. I'm willing to do that. I'm, I'm certainly willing to pay more taxes if I know that the tax money is actually going to go to something that actually will benefit humans who um, have historically been on the low end of a stacked deck. Are you kidding me? I will pay more money. Don't don 't raise my taxes just to raise taxes, um, you know I live in Victoria right now. Hey, if anybody from Victoria government is listening right now, come up with an initiative that helps um, even you know even the playing field and you want to give you know you want to give me an increase or a special assessment to help that community by all means do it i 'm willing to do that for sure, absolutely. You ask me, you want me to give my time to help With Yes, I will give of my time to help other humans. Absolutely. For the common good. How did we get here? How did we get to the place where that, those ideas are considered radical rather than, oh, that's – of course you're going to do that. That's part of what we assume. That's part of what is expected of you. I don't know. I'd love to hear from you. So um, we're going to take a break, and then I have one last segment. So if you're going to want to talk to me, uh, your time is a waste in 952-946-6205. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug. When we come back, we'll talk more about the common good. I'm going to do a little bit of shout-out about transgender humans and what young transgender and non-binary humans are experiencing in America right now. Thank you. We're back. LE 2.0 Radio on AM 950 on this lovely Saturday. All right. Well, uh, listeners, um, I'm going to give you one last try. Give me a call. 952-946-6205 because I love speaking to listeners. I don't get to do that very often. Usually the show is taped and you just got to listen to me and you don't get to interact with me. So give me a call. And so now I want to – we've been talking about the common good and I'm going to kind of weave this into something that happened uh, to me yesterday. So you know when I'm not on the radio, when I'm not writing for Lavender Magazine or Minnesota Women's Press, when I'm not working on my second book, um, what I am doing is I am a speaker and trainer on human inclusivity. I – speak across the country, although of late, um, I Zoom across the country, um, speaking to organizations of all shapes and sizes um, and of all um, significance or not about human inclusivity, about how to be good to each other, how to be more diverse and things of that nature, and I consult as well. Um, And yesterday, I uh, spoke at – I did a, a, a Zoom session, two sessions actually, for a large uh, school district in uh, Wisconsin, and uh, on the first Zoom session we had nearly 500 people, and the second one close to 200. Uh, and uh, the talk uh, I have a I have a signature talk called "Gray Area Thinking" that people just absolutely love because the talk is about how to be more welcoming it's a tool set on how to be welcoming to all humans um, regardless of the color of their skin who they love who they go to bed as what religion they practice etc and during so yesterday um, it it turned out it doesn't usually happen I had some extra time and I opened up at the end of the training uh, to questions and uh, because of course I'm transgender a lot of times when I do that you know Um, even though we're talking about general human inclusivity, people want to start talking about uh, transgender people or gay or lesbian people or bisexual people or non-binary people, long list there, LGBTQ alphabet. And uh, so yesterday the conversation started getting on to how LGBTQ students um, were treated in this school district. And it sounded like some people were very, um, you know, very, uh, you know, Uh, protective of LGBTQ uh, students. And I had, you know, educators from first grade or kindergarten all the way up to high school that were on on this training. Um, And it sounded like some others had encountered some difficulties. Uh, You know, a woman had talked about how she wanted to be protective of a first grader who she said it was very clear that this first grader Um, probably very clear, not a probably, uh, was, um, going to evolve in terms of gender or sexuality. And, and that's the thing that we can tell that with very young humans. I mean, we even have, you know, three-year-olds who are, you know, who are identified as male at birth who are saying, mommy, mommy, I'm not a boy. I'm really a girl. I mean, you got to give kids, kids are, you know, human authenticity is pretty powerful thing. Anyway, she talked about how she had reached out to other teachers in her school and that she'd gotten pushback. And I mean, this brought her to tears tears over the way that she had gotten pushback about um, how some of the teachers thought that it wasn't their job to try and protect this child. At any rate, so um, we had this very, very robust discussion you know and i pointed out so everyone i've talked about this before i'm going to talk about it again today and i'm going to talk about it other times i don't have a whole lot of time to talk about it so don't worry about it but um, right now in america transgender youth okay are under attack they are there are at least i think there're last count 20 states i mean most recently this week it was uh, the state of mississippi's senate voting to ban transgender athletes from participating in In public school sports okay so we're talking like middle school high school and then alabama this week um you know they're they're progressing a bill to criminalize uh, medical care for transgender youth so in other words in alabama if you're a doctor or a nurse or therapist and you provide care for transgender youth under 18 you can go to jail now you know um in the case of those kinds of bills, and there are a number of those bills uh, going on right now. South Dakota considered one last year. I don't know if it's up this year. North Dakota is considering one. I think they've got one going down in Iowa. I mean, it's all over the place. This is not random. And you will always hear conservative legislators who introduce this legislation about banning um treatment for trans youth is that you know they really care about the trans youth they they're trying to protect them because these are tender years and and god forbid they get hormone blockers you know if you if you're a trans girl you know so that would be somebody born identified as male at birth but near in their your head you're like no 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 i'm really a girl god forbid we give them hormone blockers so they don't have a a voice that sound like ellie krug's god forbid we do that um and you always hear from the conservative uh, uh, legislators that, well, we're trying to protect the children, and I'm I'm just here. The next time you hear that, listeners, will you do this? Will you laugh? Because it's not at all about protecting the kids. They don't. They, they none of them ever have ever met a transgender kid, and they don't care about those kids. In fact, if they cared, they'd be passing legislation to make it easier for them to see therapists. No. If you are a trans kid and you can't get help from a therapist or a doctor, you are suffering. You are suffering because you need that help. And instead, they're leaving you alone to just simply grow up in a body that does not match your brain. So, and by the way, no one does surgery. No doctors are going to do surgery. Um... On your genitals before you're 18. So don't let somebody tell you that that they're trying to protect them from that. Okay. All right. I've got to go. It looks like um, I'm going to step off of my soapbox. Um, well, I'm sorry I didn't hear from more listeners, but, you know, that's the way it goes. Luck of the draw. I need to give a big thanks to my producer, Patrick, who is always doing such a great job and has a nice sense of humor when he uh, does the uh, the weather. And for all of you listeners, um, I appreciate that you tune into the show every Saturday. Um, You know, uh, you can podcast this as well. Please talk about it. Please share about it. I am trying to change the world. If you want me to come and speak to your organization, please reach out to me at lejkrug at gmail.com. I'd love to speak at churches and at schools. And in the meantime, between now and next week, go out, do something, maybe do something for the common good and help make the world be a better place. We'll be back next week. Thanks. Bye-bye.